the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. We are so pleased you are with us on Take 10 today. We are going to end our series on toxic caregiving, but Take 10 will continue. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Dr. Jamie Heisman. Dr. Heisman serves as the Chief Compassion Officer for WellMed Medical Management. He's a nationally known authority on caregiver burnout, compassion fatigue, and related addictions. Carol Zerniel is Executive Director of the WellMed Charitable Foundation. She's a Next Avenue Top 50 Influencer on Aging and has a master's degree in social gerontology with over 30 years' experience in the field of aging and caregiving. And Dr. Jamie, this has been a great six-part series on toxic caregiving. We wrap the series up today with a critical topic, and that is for caregivers, telling your story. What does it mean? Where's a safe place to do that? And why is it important to do? Oh, you know, Ron, stories are the way the world goes around. It, it, it's those things that compel us in a newspaper, television, our heroes, you know, great leaders. We kind of look at their story and try to emulate it. When we're sharing our story, and I'll give caveats as how, why, and maybe where, because it is a personal issue. Um, sharing our story authentically, without apology, means we've embraced, as Carl Jung said, our shadow. Now, there's hard work we have to do to lean in and embrace the shadows we talked about in the last several series, like complex PTSD healing. But sharing is an act of courage, I think. I think it's a radical display for people of self-acceptance and self-love. And when we're comfortable with our story and be able to talk about it, the shame and the fear we had to go through that maybe robbed us, we then can display this. And it's a sign of leadership, I believe. The emotional support response team says, you know, pain is inevitable, suffering is not. Our leaders, if you can embrace your vulnerable story and you've done the work necessary to become comfortable with it, you then pay it forward. You pay it forward to the person in front of you. You pay it forward to your people in your, your employed staff, and you show that you're a human being and not a human doing. What about safety and storytelling? Great question. You know, in my world of psychology, I often tell my uh colleagues or students sometimes I work with that if you go to my when you go to my grave, you're going to see a toxic waste dump of, of secrets that have poured out. So me as a licensed professional, stories are precious and sacred. I can tell nobody's story. Their story is always theirs to tell because that's called breaching confidentiality. It's also called gossip in the in our, our world of, of life. So when you tell somebody else's story, you diagnose somebody's story, you judge somebody's story, what you're doing is kind of violating them, okay? You're going to create fear. You're going to create shame in them. You're, you're going to preach their vulnerabilities long before they're going to do it. Now, people, to pay it forward, will tell their stories when they become comfortable with their journey. As I said, I talked about mine. Carol probably hears it too much, and maybe you do too, Ron, at, at WellMed. I go to see my therapist every Tuesday at 1 o'clock. 
I go do my groups. I do as much breath work and, and emotional regulation. I'm still just a work in progress, right? But my healing journey after being a psychologist and therapist for 32 years has included a lot of what we talk about. So I'm more comfortable in sharing it and paying it forward. But if you're vulnerable and you feel unsafe, especially with yourself or the person in front of you, I don't necessarily say, uh, tell your story. It's important and sacred. You need to know where and when. So talk a little bit about telling your story. Um, why would I tell my story? What is, what's in it for me? The beautiful is, for me, Carol, it was be- not being the hero any longer, right? It was that the hero had kryptonite. That the hero wasn't the guy that went to a, a booth, a telephone booth, and put a, a you know, as, as Clark Kent, and put on a cape. Telling my story said that I was just like you. And that's a compassionate comment. When people do something, the first thing you should say to yourself is just like me. So telling our story is a way of paying it forward. It's a way of telling somebody I'm comfortable with who I am. And that's boundaries. Boundaries help keep us safe. And that means you've done that. And then it's a way that we can talk and say we are maybe powerless over the illness, but we're not powerless over the recovery. And it's a way of telling everybody that we're human. It's also a way of being honest and that we don't have to jump into lies, confabulation, codependency, or gaslighting. So it saves our energy. How's that? It allows our energy to be there because we're always ourselves and authentic. We'll talk more about telling your story in a moment. But for those who may have just joined us, you're listening to Take 10. I'm Ron Aaron, along with Dr. Jamie Heisman and Carol Zernio, we come to you every week with a discussion of mental health and related issues in caregiving. And this podcast is available wherever you find your podcast. So, Dr. Jamie, uh, the story is the most intimate, difficult parts of what your growing up was like. What are we talking about? Yeah. And evidence research has shown in my world psychology, too, Ron, that um, that listening to other people's stories improves people's mental health and physical health and maybe somehow their behavior. So actually the listening of is empowering, okay? So sharing our stories does help others, okay? It doesn't have to be a self-indulgent issue. If we're uncomfortable with telling our story or feel unsafe with the person in front of us, it could be our mom or dad, it could be a partner. Oh my gosh, then the last thing you wanna do is get vulnerable. You have to value as a caregiver and as a healing person your story. You have to value your own story and share that space based upon how your healing is going. If I had patients come in, Ron, and they'll just, I hate to say this, they'll sometimes they'll vomit their whole story out, their whole life, 40 years of history in one session. There are people that never show back up in my office. They kind of gave it the office. If you slowly organically get well, you'll slowly organically start sharing. You'll slowly organically start changing the world around you because you're paying it forward. So how would I know someone is safe to tell my story to? What's, what would indicate they're not safe? I love that question, Carol, because we can't think our way into that answer, meaning our minds do a lot of weird things. It, it does projection. It does you know, deflection. It could be denial. It can do anything. But our bodies in complex PTSD or anywhere in our healing tells the score. There's a great book by Dr. Bessel. Bessel van der Kolk psychiatrist, which is the body keeps the score. To your question, Carol, if you're feeling autonomically safe, if you're not walking on eggshell, which is a great book written about being, you know, being in a relationship with a borderline, 
if you're not, you know, doing that, if you're feeling that you're calmer, that you do the necessary emotional work, um, well, guess what? Then you know the person in front of you probably is a person that allows you neurologically to. In the new world of psychology, we are just nervous systems meeting each other. So if you're with somebody who triggers you, fight, flight, freeze, a toxic person, a bully, you're going to feel it in your body, a dysregulation. I would ask you to check in on your body as we do a breath work, if you remember that, and see how you're feeling inside your body with the person in front of you. Are they safe? Does your body feel safe? And then make your determination based upon that, not your mind. Your mind will get you into problems. That's the codependency. You know, I'm thinking of group therapy sessions in which, at least from what I've seen, I I haven't been in one yet. Uh, You hear people tell their stories Uh and you you don't really know if all the other people there will keep the the, uh, uh, sacredness and uh, the uh, story within the group or do they share it with others? How, How do you know it's a safe place? Oh, that's the beauty of it. Well, groups do have a culture and groups do have underpinnings of, you know, uh, recognized policies and procedures. What st- says here stays in here. And the group facilitator, let's say caregiver SOS, which has amazing people that are running it, they'll allow the group to feel safe. But to your point, a support group, which I encourage everybody to go to, whether you, and if you want to learn about CPTSD, I'm developing that program online with the trauma, and that's cptsdfoundation.org. But if you go to a well-med uh, caregiver SOS and start telling your story, you'll understand a safe place. Because guess what? When you're in a good, strong support group with others, a shared common humanity, your feelings of shame will subside. Okay. Your unhelpful beliefs about the event will be corrected because people reflect. Your memory becomes less triggering. So the more you talk about it with others, you get desensitized. And in a good group, a support group, like a caregiver SS for caregivers or locally, you get a sense of mastery. Because if we talk about our trauma, we find that we're not broken and that others around us are the same, just like me, and have a lot of answers that we could take home with us. Dr. Jamie, thank you for the six-part series on toxic caregiving. If you sample all six, you get a Dr. Jamie Certificate of Excellence. We thank you all for joining us on Take 10. For Carol Zerniel and Dr. Jamie Heisman, I'm Ron Aaron. We'll talk with you soon on Take 10. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 